Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I am Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. And we've both worked in ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Now, you might hear me referred to as Bartlett throughout this podcast. Matt, tell them why. Because we have another Chris on the show. So we've invited Chris Damien to be on our show with us in response to our previous episode on LGBTQ issues in the church. Chris Damien is a writer, speaker, attorney, and business professional living in the Minnesota Twins area. He, he received his BA in philosophy from the University of Notre Dame, his JD and MA in Catholic studies from the University of St. Thomas. That boy has got some money in his brain. <laughs> Chris, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm an attorney. I uh, do a lot of contracts negotiations. I live in the Twin Cities. I have three roommates. Yeah, I, so I did my undergrad at Notre Dame. I guess I'm here because I identify as gay, which has been the case since the summer after I graduated from college. But I'm also very committed to the church. I spent a lot of time thinking about um, sexuality and homosexuality. Uh, in the Catholic tradition. I had an academic article that came out in January on these questions. I've also been involved with uh, advising bishops in the past in a variety of contexts, and I've done a lot of speaking and just writing generally on these questions. So one of the things I love about what I've, what I've seen from what you've been doing is working from within the church mm-hmm. rather than yelling at the church from the outside. Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a huge difference. And so I, I, yeah, I applaud you for that. I, I love seeing that. No matter what the issue is, when, when we work together from within the church, we can actually, like, have change can happen. Like, things, things can happen. So thank so you So my for question, that. yeah, thank you for that. Uh, what are your challenges when uh, your, your message or that, that vision is kind of being received when, when people hear it? I, I, I imagine that there have been ways where you haven't been received in maybe even a Christian manner. And then yeah. there have been, uh, just tell us one one area where it's like, I actually bump into this and I think that this is kind of a poor way to receive this message or to, to navigate this topic. And then there's probably been a couple of times where you've been received where you've been like, it was as if Christ himself was talking with me. And and so share share what that looks like as well. For, from both sides, share one thorn and one rose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, when it comes to most of my, I guess, like public writing and my speaking, especially in the last couple of years, for the most part, it's been actually received pretty positively. I started speaking and writing about this publicly in the summer of 2013. Uh, and I, the conversation in the church has definitely changed a lot since then. Um, you know, I would get into these kind of little public disputes with like Crisis Magazine and some of their writers. Um, I was pretty actively involved uh, writing for the Spiritual Friendship blog for a few years as well. Um, And we would have kind of little, I guess, like public intellectual engagements (laughs) and disagreements with others. Uh, But I would say for the most part, actually, especially over the last couple of years, uh, most of what I've written and and spoken about has been received pretty positively. The challenges have actually been in like smaller, more personal contexts. So I remember, for example, when I was in law school, uh, I was asked by a local parish to come in and uh, give a talk since I was getting my master's in public studies. And originally, the my proposed talk was on kind of like managing your finances. And then I told 
the priest there, well, by the way, I've spoken on this other issue as well. Um, and the response was kind of odd to me at the time, and, and I didn't really think about it until much later, but the response was, well, we're not there yet. Mm. You know, as if, like, we are not ready to have a conversation about this, or we're not prepared, really, for you to be in our parish. You know, right. that was kind of one way in which I took it at the time. Um, so it was one thing. Uh, the other kind of thing that I think back to in my life in terms of like a challenging experience in the church that really impacted me was uh, I had applied for and been accepted for a pretty prestigious position working actually for the Holy See. Uh, and um, I had disclosed to them, by the way, I'm gay. I've written about this stuff uh, primarily in defense of church teaching. And I eventually had the offer rescinded wow. uh, because, um, and I mean, to their credit, I guess they told me why they said that, you know, these issues are kind of like, uh, difficult right now in the public forum. And we feel it would be unfair to put you in this position, which, uh, you know, I, I've mixed feelings about, you know, they actually had had other employees who were gay, who'd worked for them in the past. Right. When they found out what happened to me, you know, you know, one of them said that it actually kind of really invalidated their experiences mm, wow. um, and made them have mixed feelings about their time in that role. So I would say those are a couple of hard experiences. Um, you know, it's it's funny, I actually spoke on a panel at, I spoke at a corporate panel recently and shared some of these stories. And then I had to share at the end, by the way, I've also had positive experiences in the church. <laughs> um, and, and I would say that that most of those positive experiences has really been um, just kind of like little moments of friendship, opening up with friends about my difficult experiences and um, being received with like love and compassion, but then also having friends who like get mad at mad with me about some of those other experiences who, um, you know, go out of their way to like help me have a voice um, and find a place in the church um, addressing injustice, frankly, I think, yeah, a lot of it's had to do really with friendship. Yeah, that's great. I uh, I started the the podcast by saying that we were hoping for change, and I, I maybe we should talk about that. Like, what do we mean? Because obviously, you don't mean necessarily change of church teaching, because you're defending church teaching. Yeah. Um, what do we mean by that when we say you know we're striving for change? Like, what what are we looking for? You know, I think that one of the things that I would really like actually is just a change in posture. You know, a lot of it having to do with humility. I often think that Catholics were most confident about their understanding of church teaching. They often have kind of like the most shallow dive into mm. church teaching. Mm. Um, you know, the Catholic tradition is a very large and complicated beast. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and I would say even um, on these particular questions, you know, what the catechism has to say about homosexuality is not as clear cut as, um, well, I, I think I think in some ways it's actually more clear cut than a lot of people think, but in other ways it isn't. Mm. Explain, um, yeah. So so the thing that I often come back to is, is um, just the catechism's like core definition of homosexuality. So to, I guess, paraphrase, the catechism says that Homosexuality is relations between persons who experience uh, persons of the same sex who experience a predominant or exclusive attraction to persons of the same sex. 
So if you break that down in kind of like two parts, so homosexuality is relations plus attraction. Now, I am kind of like an academic nerd. So then I go and I look at there's um, that portion of the catechism references persona humana, um, which is an encyclical and it references paragraph eight. And paragraph eight says that relations are acts which lack an indispensable finality. Okay. So when we think about the catechism talking about homosexuality is relations, my first inclination is to think, oh, well, actually that's referring to which, like to any way in which a gay person might relate to others, right? Mm. So I'm in a relationship, right? That's relations, that's homosexuality, but that's not actually what the catechism says, mm. right? Relations are acts. So when we're thinking about homosexuality in the catechism, it's actually talking about partic particular acts, okay? So, but it's not just those acts. It's all acts plus attraction, and it's a specific type of attraction. It's an exclusive or predominant attraction of the same sex, right? So homosexuality is persons who engage in particular acts, plus they experience this sort of attraction, right? Okay. So if we're thinking about that, right, it doesn't actually just mean someone who like generally has an attraction, right? Homosexuality doesn't refer to what most of us think of as being gay. It's actually a more technical definition, but that's not the way that almost anyone talks about it or uses it. You know, and I think that part of it is because, you know, like no one like goes to the footnotes. No one looks and sees like how do like other uh, like magisterial writings address these sorts of moral questions. Or how did they influence this very paragraph in the catechism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would actually say that, like, most of us, what we think about of as, like, homosexuality isn't actually what the catechism thinks of as homosexuality. Mm. Yeah. So you're saying we typically have a very broad view as yeah. to what that means and apply, you know, what we see in the catechism to that broad view. Yep. Yeah, and so what I often tell people, you know, because people will say, well, like the church says that like gay people are intrinsically disordered, you know, and that's not what it says. You know, it says that homosexual relations, right? Um, it's particular actions, you know, not a person. It's not just something that's interior, right? It's, it's like when you engage in a particular kind of activity or when you have like a particular inclination for a particular kind of activity. Mm -hmm. right. right, which is sinful activity is also yeah. intrinsically disordered, right? It goes against yeah. the order of our creation. Yeah. It, it's just, it just sometimes is odd that it, it seems like there's a redundancy there in the catechism, right? If you look at the morality <laughs> section, you'd yeah. be like, okay, sin is intrinsically disordered. But then the catechism chooses to say it again. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, I don't, you know, I am not. I don't really think that these portions of the catechism really add a whole lot that's not already there. You know, I think it's nice to have kind of like laid out more explicitly at times. It's nice to have the sections on like respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Right. I think if you even just like lifted these portions of the catechism out, you wouldn't actually lose anything in terms of teaching. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because shocking, all God's people are called to chastity. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's almost like because it doubles down, doubles down on it, it causes people to double down on it. 
Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if there's a, a, any, any type of causation there between the catechism specifically, you know, like specifying this particular one um, to causing other people to then say, oh, this must be a bigger deal. Yeah, I mean, I think that it definitely gives people kind of like self-justification mm-hmm. for that approach. You know, I think that people who would do that were going to do that regardless of what the catechism <laughs> says. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that it's created, not it's created, I believe that there has been a little bit of tunnel vision regarding this whole issue and this whole topic. And we tried to tackle that in our last episode uh, that we touched on this on a couple episodes back. I believe that uh, sometimes they're focused on, we need to reach out to these people who identify as gay. We need to reach out and we need to, you know, bring them Jesus. But what I'm hearing and what we try to emphasize is journeying with people engaging in their stories, kind of seeing them face to face, because we're not talking, we're not talking to an issue, we're talking to a person. Yeah. And that yeah. same person has a call on them. They were created with, with purpose and on purpose, and God has a plan for their life. And that part of that plan is discipleship. And a disciple knows God, but also makes God known. And I believe that the whole gift that an individual who identifies as gay has that whole gift to the church that they are called to be, that whole sense of mission, is completely forgotten in that tunnel vision, that myopic view of, well, they're gay, so we need to go ahead and reach out to them and minister to them in this way. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think that's right. Gosh, I mean, I guess God, like, ten, like historically has tended to speak to humanity through those on the margins, right? And so we, we should see those individuals not just as people that like we're helping and ministering to, even if we are called to minister to them, but also as people who have something to say to us, right? And people who can teach us. Uh, you know, I think that people who have had the experience of being gay, um, especially men in today's culture, I think have a lot of, um, have a very like, developed interior life that would be really that could potentially be really helpful. So what's engaged going on interiorly in order to like address one's like attractions, others, the same sex, and then to speak it aloud, there's so much vulnerability involved in that process. And I think that a lot of men generally could benefit from like learning, learning from that process of vulnerability. Like vulnerability is super hard for men in today's culture. But if you're gay, you've already gone through that deep interior process and learned how to talk about it and to share your feelings and emotions with others. And I think that's something that like most men today could benefit from. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. So in listening to the previous podcast, you said that there, you told us that there were some things we did well um, and there were some things that, uh, that we could work on. Um, why don't you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the opening framing. You know, overall, I thought it was really well done. I think, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that comes up. And I think part of this is because of like the work culture I'm in, <laughs> you know, we're very interested, uh, you know, cause I'm in a big um, corporate organization. There are a lot of conversations about like diversity and inclusion and what does that look like? Um, and one of the ways in which like you help kind of like bring that about is to bring people in the room who have the actual experiences that you're talking about, you know? So that was one of the big things that I was interested in <laughs> as I was like kind of like listening to you y'all work through this conversation (laughs) stumble stumble through it stumble through yeah (laughs) no i mean i thought you know i thought that overall kind of again kind of just the posture of of humility um and also of curiosity uh, i think that's really important and that was definitely something i really appreciated 
Um, you know, as the church continues to have these conversations, I think it's important for the church increasingly to have people in the room who have these experiences. You know, we're just now realizing that for the first time in dealing with the clergy abuse crisis, you know, how like invaluable it is to have people in the room who have experienced those issues personally, because they have a certain like sensitivity to like what's important and how these things come about, where things can go wrong. Um, and that's really valuable. So I think, yeah, like I, I want more people in the room with these personal experiences. Um, and then that also helps to resist the idea that there's kind of like a monolithic experience. Yep. I think there are a lot of prevailing stereotypes about what it means to be gay in today's culture. Um, you know, it means that you're agnostic, that you're a Democrat, <laughs> that you support <laughs> certain like socio-political positions. You know, I run into this a lot at work, you know, because I'm gay. A lot of people would just assume that I'm like politically very, very progressive, that I vote blue <laughs> all the time. And and really like gay people are much more like diverse than that. We're just <laughs> as diverse as anyone else. You know, yeah. I think I read a study recently that roughly half of LGBTQ people um, also identify as Christian. Mm. Uh, which I think not most people wouldn't suspect. I think it was around maybe like 20% identify as Catholic. Yeah. And so, you know, like we're kind of <laughs> just as different and unique as anyone else. And I think having more people in the room with these experiences will help us like culturally better understand that. Great. One of the things that we talked about in, at least from what I remember in, in our podcast is ministry alongside you know, those with same-sex attraction, those that are gay, what does that look like? I mean, and, and I, I said something about biting the bullet and dealing with it, you know, dealing with the backlash that you're going to get. What, what would you suggest to ministry leaders who, who have ministry, ministry leaders that are working alongside them that, that are gay? Like, how do you do ministry alongside them and, and, and even, though, even in, in the midst of a church that's not going to understand why you're doing what you're doing? Or in the midst of a church that's quickly scandalized, <laughs> yeah, e e yeah. even by someone like you, Christopher, that oh, is, yeah. is living out church teaching and openly gay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that is such a hard question. Loaded. And, yes. and, and, and I'll say, like, this is one reason why I've, like, chosen not to prioritize working for the church at this time in my life. Mm. You know, it's just, it's so hard. It's so messy. Most people don't want to listen. Most people want to be affirmed in what they already believe. Mm. You know? And it's, so it's, it's, it's really, really hard. I think that um, part of it is a genera generational issue. You know, I would say kind of like the generations under me, they're used to having gay people in their lives, used to having openly gay people in their lives. Um, you know, they're more and more used to having like trans people in their lives, um, which is very different from even when I was in, in high school. Yep. Um, you know, whereas the generations above me, like for the most part, it's it, like for those generations, it's still like fairly easy to like insulate yourself, you know, and it's hard because right now, uh, kind of the primary voices in the church are the generations above me. Um, right. But then the generations below me, they hear what those people have to say and they say, well, that's not at all like my gay friend, Joe, you know. And if what they're saying about my gay friend Joe is so wrong, why should I believe them on anything? Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's really, really hard. Um, you know, and then at the same time, kind of like 
individuals who are very like self-confident in their views, you know, they have all kinds of tactics that they use to dismiss people that might disagree with them. So they say, well, like, you know, they make church teaching too complicated. They make church teaching too simple. You know, (laughs) I've seen it on both sides and I've, you know, received both of those comments. Um, You know, I would say that a lot of it will come from like listening, allowing like voices to be heard, um, insisting on talking about these issues, letting the conversations about these issues be messy. Yep. There is no easy solution because everyone has, there are so many different relationships to these questions. Yep. Um, But I think a lot of it's like, yeah, talking about them, um, hiring people, refusing to fire people, um, and then also really thinking deeply about where the double standards are. Mm. So I think um, certainly that like, like a Catholic high school has a very strong interest in hiring and maintaining faculty who are going to advocate for church teaching and who are going to support church teaching. To me, that seems really important for Catholic yeah. educational institutions. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's like, that, that sounds so obvious. Like, yeah. yeah, go ahead. But then you also have to think about, well, what are the lines then? You know, yeah. and one line that's been drawn in the sand in a lot of institutions is, okay, we're not going to have gay persons who are married to someone of the same sex. Um, or we're not going to have gay persons who like, who support same-sex marriage, right? And what the narrative that's usually given around that is, well, that's a position in um, contradiction to church teaching. And it's a social reality that violates church teaching, right? So then you have to like raise the question, okay, well, like what about Catholic teachers who belong to, or Catholic school teachers who belong to non-denominational Christian churches that don't believe in the Eucharist, right? Yep. which is extremely fundamental to Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. It's the source and the summit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's certainly much more, and, and I don't want to kind of pretend that like church teaching can be like divided up, right? Because it really is this integral thing, but it's certainly much more central to, um, to the church yeah. and to the church's mission, right? And I think that like as a church, we haven't really grappled with like what, do these kind of like double standards mean in in these institutions? And how do we think about it seriously? If they were a Protestant teacher yeah. who had a uh, same-sex marriage, yeah. would they be okay with that? Yeah. Or, I, I mean, know. I don't know, you know necessarily, like, would they be okay with that? But would that be different? You know, would yeah. there be a different approach to that? And right yeah. now, like, there's kind of just this all-encompassing approach. Like, we're not going to have any sort of, like, like nuanced conversation, we're stuck where we are. Yeah, interesting. One of the things, and we're getting close to the end of the show, and there's, I don't know if you, back in January, we had a, a guy named Alan on our show who uh, had been abused as a child, and yeah. we had him on, and he's he's working within the church and and decided to come out and, and, and minister to people who are within the church who had been abused. And that's a voice you don't hear very often. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on as well, is you're within the church. You love the church. You're defending church teachings. And, and there are a lot of people out there like you. Like you said, 20% of the LGBTQ community um, is Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so they're there. You know, I mean, they are in our congregations. What would you say to them who, who may, may not have, I don't know, met someone like you or, or, or had someone else who's, who's all, like also all for the church? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I would say is just 
you know, like, you're Catholic by virtue of your baptism. You know, like, that is what makes you Catholic, you know? And it's not necessarily, like, a particular, like, assent to any, like, kind of teaching. It's not necessarily, like, a way of life or lifestyle. Like, you are Catholic because you have been baptized. And that's, like, you belong here, mm. you know? You're like, I also think that, like... <laughs> Catholics should continue to like learn about the church and like understand church teaching and to like live in a way that's like in accordance with the gospel. Right. You know, but the reason why you belong here is because you were baptized and that's what makes you Catholic. And no one can say that you're not Catholic. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the first thing that I would probably say. Awesome. So I I know we're short on time and this is a big question, uh, but if there was a, a teen or a youth that came to a minister or ministry leader and said, I'm not sure if I'm a homosexual or if I'm gay. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. In the throes of adolescence and all those hormones and things like that, yeah. what advice would you, if, if that, that teen came to you, what would you say to that teen? Yeah. I think what I would say is, like, don't worry too much about being any one thing. You know, I would say be yourself and whatever you are, that's okay. You know, like, that's good. You know, and, and I don't, um, you know, it's fine if you like think, oh, okay, like my like experiences fit into this box, right? Into this particular category. But if you're not sure, that's fine. And you don't have to like fit into like one box that someone else has put out in front of you. Just be yourself and that's enough. Good. Um, last word, we want you to be able to say anything to ministry leaders out there. So what, what would your final thoughts be, Chris? Yeah, I, so I would say um, just like tr- be humble, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, approach others with like with um, a posture of like listening and curiosity. And I think that w- that will make a big difference. Excellent. So just by way of summary. Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> coming alongside them and asking them to t- share their story. You know, what what is what has life been like for you in the church? Yeah. That's is that an easy question to ask? Yeah, I well, <laughs> I think that I I mean that's such a big question. I know. <laughs> you know I would say um, just like just ask. Okay, tell me about your experiences. You know, I'm just here to listen. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're engaging people, not issues. And that's yeah. where ministry comes into play. And those same yeah. people can engage other people as they're called to by virtue of their baptism. One thing you said before we started the show is that uh, we need to make sure that we don't assume that we have a, the totality of the understanding of church teaching. And I yeah. think that that is a posture of humility that you mentioned, is that we also have room to grow in our understanding of what it means to journey with other humans, to share yeah. the gospel with other humans, and yeah. uh, and to the ends of the earth. And sometimes yeah. the ends of the earth sit in the very person you're sitting across in that conversation. Yeah, and uh, an openness to that. So. Excellent. Well, great. All right. So, Chris, as we come to the end, um, how can people find you? I, I know that um, one of the reasons why you were brought back up on my radar uh, was that a, a friend of mine, I don't know if you want me to share that it was your mom that sent me, you know, your uh, the link to your uh, to your blog. But one, I don't know if that's your latest blog or not, but that is that on, uh, is it chrisdamian.net? Yep, that's right. How do you spell it? Uh, so it's chris, C-H-R-I-S, Damian, D-A-M-I-A-N.net. 
Perfect. And so if you guys want to uh, see what he does, I mean, let's read some of his writings. He's got a really like his latest blog is a really thought provocative blog and I really enjoyed it. So go check him out. Anything else, Chris? Uh, oh, there's so many things, but I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you may you may be brought back on. You may there may be a clamoring from people saying, "Hey, get Christopher back on." Yeah, Actually, so we'll see. One thing is, um, I would definitely recommend uh, for listeners that want to know more about ministry, uh, checking out Eden Invitation. Um, it started up the last couple of years. They do a lot of like book clubs. They've done some speaking, but they're a really great resource. I'd recommend as well. That's Eden Invitation. Yep. Excellent. And we'll try and get a link to that in the show notes as well. Wonderful. Well, great. If you guys, listeners, have any uh, questions or feedback or, hey, bring Chris back on and talk about this, <laughs> please please contact us, mla at ablazeyouth.org, and then share this podcast with someone. We have to continue the dialogue in a humble and respectful manner. Absolutely. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, oh, man, I messed that one up. I, I'm usually so good. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week and pray for other ministry leaders. Pray for how we can be better Catholics just across the board. Amen to that. And we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. Well, uh, as we as we wrap up, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> let's talk over each we other. Keep Matt, talking over each other. Matt, take it right, away. Go for end. it, buddy. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we, that was like one of our worst endings ever. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we got to share it with you, Chris. Uh, no, thanks. It's fun. Oh, Chris, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know if there's anything else I can do to support you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Will you close us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together. Help us to continue to have a heart that is open um, and a mind that is curious and wanting to know you better and one another. Guide us in our efforts to exercise ministry, in our work, in our daily encounters with others. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, have a great day. (laughs) You too. Bye. Bye.